Chapter 12 The Phantom Coach Ghosts, what could the fellow have meant? If I had pressed him, he would have told me, but it did not seem quite a lady's business to pick up information in this way, especially when it involved a young lady like Lucetta. Yet did I think I would ever come to the end of this matter without involving Lucetta? No. Why, then, did I allow my instincts to triumph over my judgment? Let those answer who understand the workings of the human heart. I am simply stating facts. Ghosts. Somehow the word startled me as if in some way it gave a rather unwelcome confirmation to my doubts. Apparitions seen in the Nollies' mansion, or in any of the houses bordering on this lane? That was a serious charge. How serious seemed to be but half comprehended by this man. But I comprehended it to the full, and wondered if it was on account of such gossip as this that Mr. Grice had persuaded me to enter Miss Nolly's house as a guest. I was crossing the street to the hotel as I indulged in these conjectures, and intent as my mind was upon them, I could not but note the curiosity and interest which my presence excited in the simple country folk, invariably to be found lounging about a country tavern. Indeed, the whole neighborhood seemed agog, and though I would have thought it derogatory to my dignity to notice the fact, I could not but see how many faces were peering at me from store doors and the half-closed blinds of adjoining cottages. No young girl in the pride of her beauty could have awakened more interest, and this I attributed, as was no doubt right, not to my appearance, which would not perhaps be apt to strike these simple villagers as remarkable, or to my dress, which is rather rich than fashionable, but to the fact that I was a stranger in town, and what was more extraordinary, a guest of the Mrs. Nollies. My intention in approaching the hotel was not to spend a couple of dreary hours in the parlor with Mrs. Carter, as Mr. Simsbury had suggested, but to obtain, if possible, a conveyance to carry me immediately back to the Nollies' mansion. But this, which would have been a simple matter in most towns, seemed well nigh an impossibility in X. The landlord was away, and Mrs. Carter, who was very frank with me, told me it would be perfectly useless to ask one of the men to drive me through the lane. It's an unwholesome spot, said she, and only Mr. Carter and the police have the courage to brave it. I suggested that I was willing to pay well, but it seemed to make very little difference to her. Money won't hire them, said she, and I had the satisfaction of knowing that Lucetta had triumphed in her plan, and that, after all, I must sit out the morning in the precincts of the hotel parlor with Mrs. Carter. It was my first signal defeat, but I was determined to make the best of it, and if possible glean such knowledge from the talk of this woman as would make me feel that I had lost nothing by my disappointment. She was only too ready to talk, and the first topic was little Rob. I saw the moment I mentioned his name that I was introducing a subject which had already been well talked over by every eager gossip in the village. Her attitude of importance, the air of mystery she assumed, were preparations I had long been accustomed to in women of this kind, 
and I was not at all surprised when she announced in a way that admitted of no dispute, Oh, there's no wonder the child is sick. We would be sick under the circumstances. He has seen the phantom coach. The phantom coach? So that was what the locksmith meant, a phantom coach. I had heard of every kind of phantom but that. Somehow the idea was a thrilling one, or would have been to a nature less practical than mine. I don't know what you mean, said I. Some superstition of the place? I never heard of a ghostly appearance of that nature before. No, I expect not. It belongs to X. I never heard of it beyond these mountains. Indeed, I have never known it to have been seen but upon one road. I need not mention what road, madam. You can guess. <laughs>